hoax, myth, or legend, we're searching for the truth. This is the Bigfoot King of the Forest Podcast. King of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Loquist. And I'm Sarah. So technically we're on episode five, but this is episode four because I did that dumb thing when we first started and said episode, episode zero, zero because... The pilot episode. Yeah, just <laughs> testing it out, see if it's something we really want to do or if we want to do something else. So, oh well, this is episode four. <laughs> um, not a lot has happened this week. No. Um, we... I've mostly been sitting around the house, um, writing some blogs. What roller derby last night? We did have roller derby. We go to roller derby. Sarah used to be on the roller derby team. She was doing the fresh meat, they call it, training, and she actually broke herself yeah. during the process. <laughs> the way um, our team does is it's like a 12-week training program, and then at the end of the 12 weeks, you get onto the team, and I was eight weeks into the 12 weeks, and fell and broke my ankle and had to have surgery so she didn't break her ankle she shattered her ankle in yeah. like three different spots it was she was in the hospital for two weeks two weeks um they couldn't get the swelling to go down and when you swell up really fast you blister the pictures are pretty gnarly but then she had the exoskeleton they call the x-fix in her leg the cage yeah and so they decided to keep her at the hospital because they kept wanting to do the surgery and thinking like, oh, in a couple of days it's gonna be ready. In a couple of days it's gonna be ready. So that was a that was not a fun experience, no. to say the least. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, we still we still go to the roller derby games and um, support the team down here. The Red Stick Roller Derby is the the league. Well, not I guess not the league down here, but the the team in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. They played the New Orleans All Stars last night. Big Easy All Stars. Mm-hmm. So that was a good time, y'all. If you follow me on Instagram, then you actually see, usually every Saturday or Sunday, I'm posting a picture from that. Roller Derby Saturday night. Roller Derby <laughs> Saturday night. So, let's just get into news. I mean, usually I wish my life was more exciting than it is, but it is not as of late. So, I'm just going to get into some news stuff here. First off, apparently an Australian woman had a frightening yaoi encounter recently. Yowie. Yep. She claims to have a terrifying encounter with the Bigfoot down under, the Yowie. She reportedly occurred back in March. It was picked up by Australian media this week. So, and then Coast to Coast is a late night. Y'all know. If you're listening to this show, you know what Coast to Coast is. Um, they picked it up, and according to the un- unnamed woman, she was driving along a barren dirt road in the middle of the night, which is something I would not want to do in Australia, but she was doing that. And she made an impromptu pit stop near a large clearing, because that sounds even more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and after a few minutes outside the car, the woman heard something rustling in the bush around her. So she so she let out a howl to see if it might be a dog. So basically she was calling Bigfoot. Aww. The creature responded with a similar noise, followed by a growl and some grunting. Sensing the danger may be afoot, the quick-thinking woman pulled out a cricket bat that she had, presumably, because you have cricket bats in Australia. 
Well, kind of like how we carry baseball bats. That's, yeah, I do. I carry a baseball bat in the car. Actually, I carry a little... Uh, it's a fire bat. Fire, it's called a fire bat in case of emergency. It's a little baseball bat, but uh, I would not want to get hit by it. So don't try to break into my car, especially <laughs> when I'm in it. Brought, but anyway, she brought it just for that, that, that scenario. She then knocked on a nearby tree as a way of warning whatever the mysterious... So she's so basically calling, calling the Bigfoot. Okay. To her surprise, she heard the sound repeated out of the darkness, which led to a brief exchange of knocks between the woman and the unseen thing. <laughs> By this point, she was thoroughly fed up with the situation, and she began howling and screaming to scare the interloper away. Oh, dear Lord. Uh-huh. That's when everything went pear-shaped, <laughs> she said. As suddenly as she could hear, something very large rumbling down the hill towards her. She said, what have I gotten myself into? She had really bad vibes from the thing. She smartly made a mad dash for her car and made it safely down the road. Yeah, y'all, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, by yourself especially, don't... Get out of the car. Well, I mean, if you gotta get out to pee, you gotta get out and pee, but do not... Don't engage. a Bigfoot and do not knock on trees and act like, oh, what happened? This no, just... do not try to engage if you don't know what it is. Anyway, um, in a little lighter news, I mean, that was pretty light news, Sasquatch has been stolen in Montana. A lighthearted campaign at getting people to spend more time in the picturesque parks of Montana took a sour turn when the Sasquatch display that had one of the centerpieces was stolen. According to a local news report, the comical cardboard cutout had been placed along a trail in the city of Helena by the Parks Department earlier this summer. The idea was due to inspire people to get out into nature and go find the faux Bigfoot for selfies and share on social media. Unfortunately, as is to happen, it was too successful and somebody stole it. Well, we've talked about doing that, hiding Bigfoot. Except I think we wanted more so as people come upon Bigfoot, not let them know. Yeah, let them know. Yeah, so we, we, I I think during the first episode we talked about uh, possibly moving up to Vermont at that house that we were looking at as a vacation home. And uh, it had like 60-some acres. Wooded acres. Wooded acres. So we had thought it'd be great to either like plywood cutouts or even the concrete concrete statue like Larry we got in our front yard here. Um, And put them out in the middle of nowhere so people just kind of happened upon them i think and then set up trail cameras mm-hmm. but that's what we do for fun <laughs> the uh well i'm getting to the next news um as i said episode four we're on now um we like to thank everybody for listening we're well over 200 downloads now which is pretty exciting and we're on podbean itunes google play podtail and Casebox. Is that the one Chance told us to do? No, uh, our son Chance asked me to put them on Casebox. It's a little more work because they don't actually have a feed system. You actually have to upload every oh, episode, okay. which is fine. It's uh, I'm doing that actually for my son, Chance, if you're listening. I go the extra mile for you. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other three, what, listen on iTunes? They listen, well, Google Play or Podbean. But, um, yeah, we're, we actually got our first review on iTunes. I'm pretty excited about that. And that was going to be the next thing I was going to say is that if you are on iTunes or on Podbean, please leave us a review. I'm actually going to pull it up and read it here. Shows. I hope people can't hear me chewing my popcorn. Well, they probably can. We're eating popcorn. And 
We're drinking some drinks. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper and Rougarou Rum. Rougarou Rum, the unofficial sponsor of the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. Which Rougarou is Louisiana, and I'm also I'm drinking a Beta Key Lime Sea Salt Sour. So as I said, we got our first review, five star rating. The review is titled "Laughing Inappropriately at Work" from Alex or Sparklewink. This podcast is one of the few I listen to that I have to pause and give myself a break because I'm snort laughing inappropriately at, <laughs> at my cubicle while they're talking about Bigfoot erotica. You're welcome. I'm so excited to listen to what other shenanigans. They have in store. We have shenanigans. We do. Um, so thank you very much for that. If you leave us a review, we probably will read it on air, and we'll give you a little shout out. So yeah, go to uh, go to iTunes or go to Podbean or any or your favorite um, podcast software, and we're we're probably on there. And give us a review. Leave us a leave us some star ratings. We appreciate it. And you know, subscribe. Back into the news. Sir, looks like a zombie ep- epidemic is killing inmates at an alarming rate. Um, Sarah actually sent me this earlier, earlier in the week, as she does. So according to inmates in a prison in Florida, a synthetic strain of marijuana is causing inmates to act like zombies. So this stuff's called K2 or Spice. Is this the same stuff that the homeless guys in it's Florida not, like think, five years this, ago? I don't think this is bath, the bath salts. Excuse oh, me. it was bath salts, yes. But okay. this is a synthetic form of marijuana. So, whereas THC gives a natural high, um, this stuff is pretty nasty and causes aggressive behaviors, hallucinations, heart attacks, seizures, and death. According to one of the inmates in the prison, red-eyed inmates shuffle in to get their dinner and sit down to eat. Uncoordinated limbs struggle to place food in their mouths. Frequently, he said, someone falls out common vernacular for an overdose. The inmate might face plant unconsciously into his food tray or slip from his seat, foam into the mouth, twitching, all of his muscles seizing. This is not very funny. Um, unfortunately, in prisons, there's not a ton to do, and that's what kind of causes this stuff. It's sheer boredom. So they, they turn to drugs, and it's a lot easier to get dangerous versions of drugs that are synthetic because it's easy available products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Bigfoot, back to the lighter news after that sadness. Mary in North Carolina has proclaimed Bigfoot the official animal. This is another place? Another place. So, according to WSOC-TV, the town of Marion has proclaimed the elusive creature its official animal following a reported sighting last year. John Bruner, founder of Bigfoot 911, was the group last August, and he was out with them when they spotted the large creature a couple of pair of the forested area. After the sighting, Bruner pitched the idea of, of the proclamation to town officials after the Whitehall, New York, did the same thing. So, while the town mayor, Stephen Little, has not yet seen a Bigfoot, there's always a chance. Especially with Marion. Yeah. For some reason, it's always, like, well, the Northeast or the Rockies. Yeah. Where you tend to see most, like... Well, I mean, that's the big wooded areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're kind of up there. And this is not cryptid-related. This is not ghost. This is not... This is just funny to me and weird. Apparently, Paris, France... Texas has added sidewalk urinals to help curb public urination. Oh, I saw this. Mm-hmm. So, in order to combat public urination, the city of Paris, France, has created devices called the Eurotrotta. Trotta, I don't know how to say it. Where men can saddle it up, whip it out, and let it out. Right on the so, street. Right on the street. 
three urinal urinals were added in March. A fourth was added in July. Ayo. <laughs> Freedom. And a fifth is planned to be installed very soon. So this came to me from Facebook from Dia. She had actually posted mm-hmm. this. A friend of, a friend of ours um, from Mississippi. She was actually posted one of the posts night where I saw it. I was surprised by the comments on how many people seemed okay with this idea. Because I guarantee you, if you got dudes whipping it out in the street in the United States to go pee in a urinal thing, that is indecency all over the place. Well, I guess when I was reading it, though, I was like, but what is a woman supposed to do? I see the same thing. I have absolutely... But, I mean, I, I have a feeling, like, even in France, women are probably not the issue with public urination. Well, I know. But, yeah. I love the idea. But, um... Actually, I don't love the idea. Because I think there's just too much of a chance of that... Indecency. Indecency stuff. Um, either for the guy just having to go bathroom... Or a guy being indecent, claiming to have to just go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen. Finally, a mysterious blood-sucking creature has been killing sheep in the Ukraine. Found this one on Coast to Coast. According to the story, eight sheep were killed over the course of one evening in a farm in the Ukraine. The incident took place in the village of Matyavesti. Can't say that right. Mm-hmm. And has left everyone in the area kind of scratching their heads. It says... According to the website, an examination of the animals indicated that they were killed in succession by something that was in serious need of sustenance and found it in a rather strange form. According to the veterinarian investigating the case, the sheep had all had their blood drained from their bodies to the point that even their hearts were found to be bone dry. There's nothing in the heart. The heart is empty, marveled Maria Andrichuk, who had seemingly never seen such a thing in their 40 years of working as a vet. I don't think very many people have seen mm-hmm, that same no, thing. No, they got a vampire right um, Left the sheep carcasses intact almost. Just sucked the blood out. So it's got people kind of rattled over there. Um, and that's it for news. Got vampires. Vampire chupacabra, maybe? Chupacabra in the Ukraine? That's been kind of known to do that. So, once again, we are, uh, me and Sarah here tonight, and we have come up with a couple of stories, and neither of us have much information on what the other person. Has? No, it's more fun this way. Yeah, definitely more fun this way. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start? How about I'll start? Okay. You went last week. Okay, so this Not came yet. across my Facebook this week. Um, our local, since we're in Baton Rouge, our local newspaper is The Advocate. And this came across, and the headline caught my eye. Not for what it, it for a part of it. And it caught my eye, and so then I was actually reading the article. And I was like, okay, this actually kind of ties into supernatural phenomenon so i took out parts of the art the article to read and then see see if you can guess where i'm going with this okay a homeless baton rouge man was arrested thursday after he managed to wrestle a stun gun away from the officers according to his booking documents the man who told officers he was high on meth had extra human strength and allegedly defecated on them during a struggle then stole their radios which prevented them from calling for assistance Stevens allegedly began running as officers attempted to communicate with him. He was stopped but resisted attempts by the officers to take him into custody, according to the booking documents. Stevens was hit with a a stun gun three times, but continued to resist by kicking his legs, elbowing officers, and moving about in a manner that can only be described as extra human strength during the struggle. After the struggle, officers said Stevens admitted to 
Yeah, so they're repeating themselves. But admitted to smoking crystal meth two hours prior, but gave several several different names before he was eventually identified by his fingerprints. Once Stephen was identified, he was found to have an out, outstanding warrants for multiple drug counts as well as traffic charges and theft, police said. So what do you think? What do you think I'm talking about? Sounds like a drug, a fight because a guy was... No, just the, the phenomenon of the extra human strength. How in... Vampires? No, how you get... Ex- like, how people in the times of, like, danger or fear, how you all of a sudden have oh, extra... Oh, so adrenaline. Adrenaline. Like, the adrenaline rush or okay. whatever. Like, okay. how you can lift up a car. And so, that's why, just because the meth was able... Like, you hear about this all the time. Like, drugs sometimes, because of the adrenaline and everything, that... It can create, you know, extra, and that's... A well, I don't, think, I don't know if it creates extra strength as much as it does, it deadens your pain receptors. Yeah. So you don't, like, you have the ability to do these things, but our bodies protect us from doing those, like, so, from lifting up a car. Like, mm-hmm. our body says, you're not going to lift up a car. However, you actually, some, many people actually have the strength to do that. It's just that our bodies have these receptors that say, whoa, this is going to hurt. Right, that's what... So I have another story that I'd gotten from um, Scientific American. And Scientific America? Scientific American? I think Scientific American, okay. yeah. And it was basically saying that humans, you know, you've got, you know, you only use about 60% of your muscles capacity. Like, that's where, I guess, your pain... Like, but it says in times of need or whatever, like... um like muscle weightlifters mm-hmm. can go up to like 85%, you know, just in the the Olympics or whatever, you know, they've never deadlifted that much, but they can do it in that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then it was saying that in times of need where you hear about a mother who's able to, you know, lift a car off her kid or anything like that. And so that's, um, so do you want me to read the article I found? Yeah, read the article you found. Okay. Let's do this. So then this is, um, it's just a synop- like it's an excerpt from this, and it's Extreme Fear, The Science of Your Mind in Danger by Jeff Wise. So, so yes, I'm, I am. <laughs> yes, Jeff, you are wise. Okay. It was about 8.30 p.m. on a warm summer evening in Tucson. Tom Boyle was sitting in the passenger seat of his pickup truck, his wife Elizabeth at the wheel, waiting to pull out into traffic from this shopping mall where they had just been to dinner. The Camaro ahead of them hit the gas, spun its wheels, and jerked out onto the avenue with a squeal of rubber. Rubber. Oh my God, Elizabeth said. Do you see that? Boyle glanced up to see a shower of red sparks flying up from beneath the chassis of a Camaro. And something else, a bike, folded up from the impact. The Camaro had hit a cyclist, and the rider was pinned underneath the car. Boyle threw open the door of the truck and started running after the car. For a few gruesome seconds, the Camaro plunged on, dragging along the rider, 18-year-old Kyle Holtrust, with it. One of Holtrust's legs was pinned between the chassis of the car and the frame of his bike, the other jammed between the bike and the asphalt. After 20 or 30 feet, the Camaro slowed and stopped. I, I can't imagine being drugged for 20 to no. 30 feet. No, and like, the Camaro slowed and stopped. Holtrust screamed in agony, pounding on the side of the car with his free hand. Without stopping to think, Boyle reached under the frame of the car and lifted. With a sound of groaning metal, the chassis eased upward a few inches. Mr. Mr. Higher, higher, Holtrust screamed. 
Boyle braced himself, took a deep breath, and heaved. The front end lifted a few more inches. Okay, it's off me. The boy then the boy then called out, his voice tight with pain. But I can't move. Get me out. The driver of the car, then 40-year-old John Baggett, pulled whole trust free. At last, about 45 seconds after he'd first heaved the car upward, Boyle set it back down. So he was able to hold this car in the air for 45 seconds. The biker was badly hurt, in a lot of pain, and frightened. Blood was pouring out of his wounds. Boyle knelt down and wrapped the young boy in his arms, comfort comforting him until the police and fire department arrived. The local media celebrated Boyle's feat of compassion. The YMCA gave him an award. Newspapers and TV stations interviewed him. The fanfare flattered him, and he felt extremely proud of himself, except to this day there's something about that evening that he can't figure out. There's no, It's no mystery to him why he did what he did, I would be such a horrible person going to watch someone suffer like that and not even try to help, he says, but he can't figure out how. There's no way I could lift that car right now, he says. That something was the body's fear response. When we find ourselves under intense pressure, fear unleashes reserves of energy that normally remain inaccessible. We become, in, fact, in effect, superhuman. That is insane. Yeah, and so that's what I was like. The reason this really caught my eye is because when we think about Bigfoot or we think about things that they were like, there's no way it was real because of the superhuman. And I'm like, no, is it just things like this are what give the human body the cap the, cap the capability to do crazy things like this? Right, absolutely. So, um so then Wikipedia calls it hysterical strength. Um, it just says the display of extreme strength by humans behind, beyond what is believed to be normal, usually occurring when people are in life and death situations. And so that's what a lot of these are. It's like life and death, like life and death of your kid. Or And so I wonder if that's the difference between athletes and the 85% versus, you know, life or death you go up above the hundred percent yeah that's what i was gonna say but, like i don't think um athletes are necessarily doing anything none of us can do mm -hmm. on a daily basis if we just decided that we wanted to do that i mean genetics play a role like i said we, i was joking around last week i would love to be like Dwayne the rock johnson but my genetics are never going to allow for that right but i think there is a a time and a place when your body just lets go and you're able to do run faster or you're able to because you know what if you're in the middle of the, those, those those commercials messing with sasquatch commercials oh yeah yeah or like the dudes are running I, like even like keegan said in the first in the episode where everybody was here it's like if that happened if i'm being chased by a wolf or you're being chased by a bear And we're back. So I'm not even going to take that out because those are our crazy dogs. <laughs> we had a guy going door to door trying to sell shrimp, shrimp or meat or something like that. We didn't even answer the door. We didn't get to the door in time. But I guess those no solicitation signs don't really work too well. They don't. Mm -mm. So anyway, we are talking about, yeah. So if you're running from a bear, the bear is still going to catch your ass because a human can run what? I have no, no idea. How many miles an hour? Mm -hmm. A bear can run 30. A human's never going to run 30. Mm -hmm. However, you have a much better chance in those situations because your body kind of lets loose. And well, the human body can do sprints. So 
like we have the capacity to do like a really really quick sprint for maybe 50 feet i don't you never see me run no 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 but i'm just saying <laughs> that for like you can get the jet propulsion or whatever i'm yeah, a, i'm just yeah. using that as an example to be able to go for a short time. there's no way you would be able to maintain a speed to beat a bear for no, not at all for miles or even a mile or but it's it's how people fight off animals mm-hmm. you know you hear people that get attacked by a mountain lion and they fight it off it's because they're getting slashed up but the body pain receptors kind of go muted at that point mm-hmm. and they're able to do what they need to do so um the one that i was just saying about the um parents able to for their kids like so when i went on to wikipedia so the um the camaro story so whole trust and boil like it actually shows up on wikipedia too um as one of their examples they have about 10 examples um documented examples so the one on here just speaking about kids was let's see where was it um in quebec in 2006 a mom from quebec linda Anjou saved several children by fighting a polar bear until a local hunter showed up and shot it. So that uh, fighting a polar bear, like polar bears are mean. That's what like it gotta be. Like she had to have been so fucked up. Like I wanna know what like how badly well, was she when they say fighting a polar bear, was she did she had to stand off with a stick or was she actually fighting a polar bear? Because that could be Well to thing. use this as the example though of the yeah, that's true. the strength. That's true. Like was she <laughs> Was she wrestling him? That meme that you shared on the um, on the Instagram <laughs> about how to fight a bear. Yeah, it was a uh, was how, how to use jujitsu to fight a bear. I mean, if y'all listen to the podcast, you know I mentioned a couple times. I've been I kind of do jujitsu, and it was a meme about basically it was like step one, shoot for the legs. <laughs> step two, take the back. Step three was. Um, get the rear naked choke. Step four was, you know, help it pass out. And then it goes on. And then it was... And it's like the last, the last one. The last one was like... Step seven was like, remember that you're fighting a bear and you died at step two. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's just so hilarious. So hilarious. But the other nine examples all on there, um, on Wikipedia's um, examples are all lifting vehicles off of people trapped underneath. So, um, so the last part of this was just talking about how drugs can somehow sometimes have this effect. Yeah. So amph- amphetamines and other stimulants are used by some athletes for their psychological and performance enhancing effects in competitive sports, which is what we were talking about. And it just says that they increase physical strength, acceleration, stamina, and endurance while reducing reaction time. Um, it just said, yeah, so just increases um, reuptake inhibition. What's reuptake? Reuptake? Yeah. I don't know. It sure. says um, reuptake inhibition and release of dopamine in the central nervous system. So just the... I wonder, I wonder if, the insta, if it, maybe that's mis, misstep. Like maybe they mean like instead of reuptake, like inhibit or like re, re get, get rid of your inhibitions. Okay. Maybe that's what reuptake means. Um, I, I feel kind of dumb not knowing what that means right now. But interesting. Like, I've always wondered, like, 
as we move forward, like, we're making all these, like, advances in science and stuff like that, and at what point are they going to find, they going to develop a drug, and they probably already have something, well, they're going to develop something that does that for you without a huge amount of side effects, to where you're able to lower your inhibitions, you're able to kind of get rid of those pain receptors, and perform to 110%. They're going to make us all the Incredible Hulk. Right. I mean, at what point does that happen? Like, we're heading to that that spot. Like, they're constantly working on these mm-hmm. things. And, like, it just... Science is now science fiction. Well, okay. So, Wolverine. Like, I was trying to think of a superhero that they're basically doing that. Like, yeah, the, the um, Weapon X pro- program was that was right. entirely thing. So, that's what just... Um, how the whole Logan movie, how they kept, he had to, they had to keep shooting him up. Yeah. Um, was, was he, I thought it was, uh, what, I thought it was, what was he shooting himself up? I think it was just like painkillers or something like that, though. Because it was, Oh, no, no, I am completely wrong. They were sh- shooting him up to deaden his. Yeah. They yeah. wanted him to not have the strength. So I am completely wrong, so take it, take it back. <laughs> okay. So do not use Wolverine as my example. And I just find it amazing that I this whole article came to me as my topic this week because the headline was that this man had defecated, <laughs> and so I was like, he he pooped on them. Yeah, he pooped on them. And so then I, I like I wonder like, did he poop on them or did he like a monkey like <laughs> fling his poop? Well, see the whole like the subject the title of it was man defecates on. Cops or I think whatever. That's a sensational headline. There ever was one. Yeah, and so that's why I pulled it up and I was reading it and I was like, "Oh, superhuman strength." And so then superhuman the, pooping. <laughs> superhuman. Yes. <laughs> That'd be the greatest superhero. He's the pooper. But to think, Superman. Pooping is what drags me in to read the article, huh? Hey, we we all have our vices. You I'm know not what? here to judge. You know what? But if it was a national article, I never would have bothered opening it. Yeah, the local, I, I think the that's the factor. difference between a, the local and yeah. do I know this person? <laughs> <laughs> I hope to God I don't know you pooping on cops. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the cop. Like, what are you thinking? Like, just pooping on me. <laughs> like, what do you do in that instance? Like, do you just keep powering through doing what you need to do? Or do you go, hey! So powering through is it with poop? Yeah. <laughs> My story, my thing, not so much a story, but a thing, is also fairly local. Not as local as your local, but it is the grunch of New Orleans. It's a grunch. I'll have to figure that out. Okay. So, New Orleans is paradise for people looking for the strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Very obscure, much so. the frightening, voodoo, vampires, the whole thing. New Orleans has it. Ghosts. Sometimes people get more than they bargain for, though. And when people think of Louisiana monsters and cryptids, they usually flock to the tales of the Rougarou, the Skunk Ape, or the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the big three. Skunk Ape being more to uh, Florida. But we, need, we need to do the Honey Island Swamp Monster one We time. do. That was actually, I thought about that. No, you have to give me that one. But I knew I had to give you that one. So, I wanted something local. So, but there may be something lurking on the outskirts of New Orleans 
that puts them all to shame. And the story of this goes all the way back. All the way. To the very start of, of New Orleans. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was founded in 1718 by French missionary company under the direction of Jean-Baptiste Baptiste Le Moyne de Bienville. The city grew rapidly as Americans, French, Spanish, and Creole French peoples came in to make their fortunes on major commodities like crops, sugar, cotton, and unfortunately slave labor mm-hmm. on the large plantations. Um, the earliest reports of this creature are said to go all the way back to this period. So, it's known as Louisiana Chupacabra, or the New Orleans Chupacabra. And there's a couple different stories that are tied into like, the, the grunge folklore. Okay. But before we get to that, so imagine you're driving down a barely lit street on the eastern edges of New Orleans. Eastern edges, so... So, imagine Lower Ninth Ward, mm-hmm. but up towards Lake Pontchartrain. Where you're okay. driving out towards like the uh, the swamps and stuff. So any of you, if you're not really familiar with the New Orleans area, we have Lake Pontchartrain to the north, then like New Orleans as you think of New Orleans, and then the Mississippi is to the south, and then we have like Algiers and everything south of the Mississippi. So New Orleans itself is between the Mississippi and Lake Pontchartrain. So actually, when this episode comes out, I'll actually post on, I usually post a blog similar to it on Thursdays. But I will post on our social media accounts the actual map and kind of show you kind of the area and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're driving down this. Up ahead, you see a young goat injured and bleeding. Bleating, not bleeding, bleating. So you said outside the city, Outside right? the city, okay. just outside. I was like, inside you the city. Your, you slow your vehicle and you stop just behind the injured creature and you get out to make sure it's okay. It's then when the grunt strikes. They're said to hide in the tall grass and exist off the blood of goats and humans. The grunge preys on those who park their cars on the namesake road at night. The beast waits for its victims and pounces with sharp teeth, long claws, and are said to rip their victims open. So this is kind of like, if you think about today's urban legends, about they leave a baby in the carrier on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and so then somebody gets out, to, and then they jump out. So yeah, out. this is like a classic urban yep. legend. But like I said, this is not like some new thing. Like, these stories have been going back to like oh, yeah, 1718. Yeah. I'm just, that's like the new... T- telling of so there's two like i said earlier there's two different stories that kind of tie into the grunge the first is an old voodoo story that tells of the time when marie laveau castrated the devil baby when he was born to stop him from producing the bloody testicles dropped from her hands and turned to a male and female grunge upon falling to the floor once fully formed they attacked marie laveau the grunge lashed out with fierce bites scratching and punching nearly killing the voodoo queen causing unspeakable terror as she struggled under the great strength before she fainted. When Marie Laveau woke, the grunge and the devil baby were gone. Near death after the attack, many have said this is the time when Marie Laveau gave up voodoo and went back to being a good Catholic woman. Wow. The second story describes the grunge as coming from an inbred clan of albino dwarf people who lived in the woods and ate goats and humans. During the early years of New Orleans history, there was a group of humans who lived in the woods out past what is known as Grunge Road. They were a strange mix of albino and dwarfs and were forced to live away from society because people considered them the creation of the devil himself. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their seclusion in the woods caused the people to interbreed and become ab- and combine their abnormalities. They eventually became lo- almost inhuman in appearance. Grunge Road came to be considered nothing more than a freak show, and because of the humanity's cruel nature... The people of Grunge Road became a sort of sideshow for teenagers, immature adults, 
and those who seek a little bit of scare out with their friends. Oh my god, just a completely side note, is that why New Orleans American Horror Story Freak Show is based on the outskirts of New Orleans? Could totally be. Could totally be. Um, this is the first time I've ever actually heard of this, the grunge. Additionally, grunge erodes secluded nature made it the perfect spot for the desperate teens who may not have believed in the legends and wanted to make out. That is, until people began to disappear. I want to go make out with the freaks. <laughs> Just know you said that they go, became a make out for the teenagers. <laughs> I'm like, that's a weird... The teenagers making out, not the making out with the freaks. No, no, no. You said they would go out by the where the freaks are. It was the freak out. road to go out there. And this I was like, yeah, so go... I meant... <laughs> You're just trying to get me to... Yeah, you know what I'm doing. According to reports, New Orleans Grunch may have have strange powers. Most commonly, the Grunch is described as goat-like with leathery or scaly black-gray skin and sharp spines with long horns or quills running down its back, very much like the the Chupacabra. Mm -hmm. They stand three to four feet in height with glowing red or green eyes, and they are said to be human-like with the ability to open doors, use tools, and show intelligence similar to that of People describe like a monkey or a member of the great ape family. Which makes sense because they're supposed to be inbred humans. Yeah. Others have described long fur, a tail, and even bat-like wings. Because that's how that happens. Like So like a basically like how we imagine the devil looking. Well when you gotta think about it, these came from the devil's nutsack. Yeah. Left nut, right nut. Mm-hmm. That's all I like the devil's left nut, right nut. <laughs> Are they red? Red and leather? Because the, you said the leathery. The devil's nuts? No. no. I mean, I'm guessing so. No. The, the creature. Um, they don't really, it doesn't really give a color. But you said leathery. Um, it's, well, it said um, leathery or scaly black gray skin mm, black with gray. sharp spines. Mm. So maybe the devil's nuts are more of a. You know, darker, like your, the skin down there tends to be a little darker than the rest of your skin. Okay. <laughs> I have the kids. The grunge is also said to have a very strong, grotesque stench, and when alarmed, will howl like a wolf, screech like an ape, or make a sound similar to what has been described as the banshee. Hmm. So, basically, it's a little monkey, little mm-hmm. screeching monkey. But, like. But with goat. With goat features. Yeah. That looks like the devil's nutsack. <laughs> That's a, it's a goat monkey human hybrid. I am going to start using that, by the way. The devil's nutsack? You look like the devil's nutsack. Okay. What is wrong with you? You smell like the devil's nutsack. Nobody's going to know that reference. If they listen to the show. True. If what? they don't know the reference and they consider themselves my friends, they are not my friends. Because my friends listen to the show. So on on Wednesday morning, all of our friends are going to start referring to you as our the devil's nutsack. I can have that. <laughs> this is the code word, friends. If you start calling me the devil's nutsack. We, we know that you we listen. Know you listen to the show. So, it seems that along with his appearance, the reason the Grinch is compared to the El Chupacabra is how it kills its victims. When found, they are said to be drained of all their blood through a single hole and sometimes have their organs removed as well. This is kind of different than what it said earlier. This is just... Their the, organs removed through a single hole? It wasn't clear on that. 
Like, okay, I but think that, that's how the Egyptians did it. Yeah. So maybe that's what they are. So maybe it's, it's possible. So you're saying that their grunge might just be an Egyptian? That's ra- that is racist. I'm just saying it's possible because the Egyptians did it. They pulled <laughs> it all out your nose. So maybe they're like embalming people and mm. mummifying people? Yeah. Why not? Maybe they're draining the blood. Yeah, why not? Maybe, maybe they're just doing science. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, y'all have had been wrong on the grunge all this time. He is just a young scientist <laughs> trying to embalm people. I really feel that... He needs some cadavers. He's a future medical student. If you are an organ donor on your license, I would like you to head out to Grunch Road, or what is formerly known as Grunch Road. Single file. There's only a couple of them. They don't have time for your shenanigans. And... Just wait until the grunge takes your liver. He needs to practice. <laughs> so while the grunge stories are prevalent in all areas surrounding New Orleans, it is rumored that the real grunge road, and it, and it is rumored that the real grunge road is located in Chalmette or Metairie or Gentilly. The actual grunge road is what many believe it is now. What it is now Gannon Road. In the Little Woods neighborhood, right off Lake Pontchartrain. So I would look it up today, like, um, I'm trying to think what the name of that road is. It is a uh, Kane Boulevard is the one that runs right along Lake Pontchartrain, and mm-hmm. then you go up there and just take a right onto Gannon Road. So that's apparently where it's at. Others say it's just a dead end of sand and shells leading to a swampy fern lane in darkness just off Hain Boulevard. Most encounters with the grunge happen by accident, and sightings still occur to this day, from deformed albinos to ghosts and floating lights to strange cries and howls. Even photos of the creature people claim to be the grunge have come out in recent years, which has allowed the legend to survive. There's no concrete evidence of the grunge, and it seems that people are encountering something on the edge of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So if you're out on Hain Boulevard and you see a goat wandering on the side of the road, you probably just want to steer clear and keep moving. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I want to make. I want to take a trip. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think we should go on a trip. I really do. I think we need to actually take a trip down to New Orleans. We can probably take Jeremy and Keegan and Andrea. I think I, they'd be into it. I think they would be completely as long as we go daylight. No. <laughs> This is this is I think this is a nighttime trip. This that, is a scouting expedition. Yeah. We're looking for big fun. We can I mean we can go down during the day and kinda of look for it, but then I think we go Uber out. <laughs> Be like, Where are you going? Uh Grunch Road? Well what's Grunch Road? Oh just take us out to where the the uh we see a goat. And be like, What? And then during the trip he'd be like it smells like the devil's nutsack out here. <laughs> that poor Uber driver. He's we'll make him be. wait, too. We'll get out and be like... Mah. As we get out and explore. No. Like, I think that's how we do this. No. Keegan, Andre, and Jeremy, I know if you're listening, because you're going to talk to me about whether we should plan this trip to Crunch Road. I think we need to do it. What's it called now, again? It's called Gannon Road. Okay. And it's right off of Hain Boulevard. Okay. So, like it's a, it'll be a nice little drive because it's right off Lake Pontchartrain. We see the lake. We can it's, go find another brewery like, we haven't I, tried. I think it's basically Lake Drive. 
That's a blank road. So, anyway, that's the Grunch. Okay, I've never heard of the Grunch. Yeah, I didn't either tell. I'll, I basically just go in, I'm like, weird New Orleans, or weird, you know, whatever, and then I, that's how I'm finding these, because you have all your standard cryptids, like, I could totally, could totally do the Honey Island Swamp Monster, I think we should do the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Well, the Honey Island Swamp Monster, I think, is we know about it, because we're right. from here. Right, and well, you did your project on it. Right. In school. And then the Rougarou we got to do, but I promised Key, and that he could be involved with that. So I'm just like, I actually had a hard time this week. You did. I didn't figure this out until yesterday during the Derby. Roller Derby game. I was sitting there with the iPad just trying to figure out what I was going to do. and I've known since like Thursday or Friday. The Grunch happened. <laughs> what if the Grunch is like the Grinch? That's what, yeah. Well. You're a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Grinch. Oh, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> you look like the devil's nutsack. No. No? Okay. Lastly, it's time for the uh, top ten list from the home offices in Indianola, Iowa. This week's top ten list. Oh, yeah, you already told me. Top ten cryptid euphemisms for (laughs) self-love. He got this idea, like... From our daughter, actually, who was watching the dog. Play with her toys. Play with her toys. Actually, it was a Yeti. Mm-hmm. We even have Yeti dog toys and, big and Bigfoot dog toys and stuff and... like that. But yeah, she was wa- she was watching the dog and she says, "Stop cleaning your Yeti." So number ten, mm-hmm. cleaning the Yeti. <laughs> number nine, wrestling the Czechoslovakian dong wrangler. <laughs> number eight, researching the Orvieto dick monster. <laughs> I actually pulled these from last week's top ten list. Yeah, I remember the other one, yeah. Number seven, the Great American Ape Expedition. Eight. <laughs> Number six, Feed an El Chupacabra. Oh, dear Lord. Number five, Wrangling the Rougarou. Wrangling the Rougarou. Number four of the top ten cryptid euphemisms for self-love, Battling Bigfoot. <laughs> Number three, playing with the Pope Lick Monster. <laughs> Number two, going on a solo expedition. <laughs> Looking for Bigfoot? Hey, doing what you gotta do. And the number one, cryptid euphemism for self-love is, of course, messing with Sasquatch. <laughs> nice one. want to thank everybody for listening to the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. We're really having a good time doing this, and I hope you're having a good time listening. Again, if you love us, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Podtail, Basket Case. What is it? Case something? I don't know. Case Cast or something like that. Um, I'll know better later. I've had a little bit of rum from Ruguru. The... We really appreciate it, and please subscribe, leave us a review review, and some stars, and we will listen to them. And also, if you have a story that you would like to share, and we would love us to share it on on our podcast, send us your story to stories at BigfootKingOfTheForest.com, and we will happily share your story 
on the podcast. That's what a friend of mine said she's going to email us hers. So. so we're getting our first one. We're really, really excited. Yes. She said her grandparents have a Bigfoot story, so she's going to tell it to us secondhand. But. So thanks again, everybody. Um, like I said, we're having a really good time doing this, and I hope you're having a good time listening. And we appreciate everybody, everybody doing that. Yes. Talk to you guys next week. When Bye. We, looks like we're going to have a full house next week. Oh, yeah. Just to give you, we're going to talk about Cryptid Noir. Bigfoot and other cryptids in film throughout the years. And yeah. we're gonna, it looks like we're going to have a full house with Keegan, Jeremy, and Andre back in the, back in the studio. So that should be great. See you guys next Talk week. Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot King of the Forest podcast. The underlying track today was Face of Peyote by Purple Six Records on Looperman.com.